obviously you've come to the leading saints podcast because you love podcasts and you love consuming content in this manner uh, listening to a pre-recorded conversation or interview or presentation and we get a lot of good stuff here but nothing compares to an in-person retreat experience this is one thing i've learned in the last few years that we are infusing into our leading saints content is the need for in-person experiences also known as retreats so leading saints has started putting on retreats, both for men, women. Uh, we're going to play around with couples retreats and uh, we'll, we'll try it all. But retreats are a transformational experience. And I implore you to go check out leadingsaints.org slash gathering, where we list all of the upcoming retreats. Uh, some are open to register, others you can get on a waiting list, but we would love to have you at the next in-person retreat. Now, if you can't afford it, if there maybe if you price out of these opportunities, don't worry, we have very generous donors willing to put up money for scholarships. So either go there, check it out, register, or apply for a scholarship, and we'd love to have you at the next Gathering Saints retreat put on by Leading Saints. So go to leadingsaints.org slash gathering to check out the upcoming Gathering Saints retreats. So my name is Kurt Frankum, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of an of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're, uh, they're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy's doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know, okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. Jennifer Sumco, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Thank you so much. It's so it's so great to be on here with you. I'm such a fan of yours. Oh, good. You, you, you've made it inside your headphones. You're now you're now in the podcast. It's a oh, it's a weird world we live in, right? It is. It is a weird weird world, and to be able to feel friends with someone that you've never met, yeah, or is amazing. So. Right? Like we're we're old friends. We do yeah. like the dishes together or go on long walks and I just talk in your ears and yeah, it's strange, but, uh, here we are. Uh, awesome. you know, where, where are you from and, uh, put yourself into context here. Yes. Okay. So I grew up, I'm uh, originally from Salt Lake city, Utah. Um, and I was born and raised there and just an awesome community and, um, wonderful family. I attended, um, the university of Utah and graduated from there and moved down. I kind of did things backwards. I moved from 
the University of Utah and I moved down to Provo, Utah after that. And um, I took a job down there um, with a leader, Franklin Covey, when they were headquartered down there for a time. And then I was still single in my mid-20s and decided to, to venture and moved to Washington, D.C. for a time. Um, moved back for a short time where I, to Utah where I met my husband. And um, once he decided to attend medical school in his late 20s. And so we packed up and moved away to Pennsylvania for um, a decade. And then, and then I've been in Arizona for the past eight years after that. So I'm kind nice. of a, a transplant of all sorts of places, I guess. But Awesome. Uh, and it sounds like you've had a good, you've lived in different um, saturated areas of the church. I mean, other than Pennsylvania, of course, but uh, I mean, the Arizona yes. uh, Latter-day Saint experience, the Utah Latter-day experience, same experience you've you've seen it all i i i you know i've seen i've seen a lot i guess we, cool. we've all seen a lot right yeah <laughs> yep that's cool so. and now you are I, I don't know do you like the term influencer or on, you know i i do not like the term influencer okay it's i apologize i will not use it terrible term <laughs> <laughs> i can't but, even influence my 10 year old i can't influence yeah anyone, but I'm, but this is like the economy we live in now, right? The influencer economy, like big brands aren't necessarily going to Super Bowl commercials as they are going to the, the, the mom or the, you know, DIY person on online who's got a significant platform. Right, right. It's kind of an amazing, it's actually an amazing gift, but it also creates some amazing challenges, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're all... Yeah, and that's what we're going to discuss today a little bit. And this is... It's it's a topic that I think is really important to to just have more conversations on um, in the context of church leadership because I think it impacts those we lead and the world we live in more than maybe we give it credit to. We know we know you know the internet's big, social media is big, but the influence it can have on us is uh, wow, it can be daunting at times. So um, maybe well, first of all, just describe like what is it? What is your what is your platform and do you have a certain theme or a focus? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of evolved a little bit. It started out with um, a love. I've always had a love of old and vintage things. And it started out also rooted in like design. So interior design um, and then so client work. And then it moved into um, I designed an earring collection. And so that kind of I, I launched that a couple of years ago and, and that took off um, on it on its own. And so I kind of switched gears and focus more time on designing products. So um, after I designed those earrings, I've always loved fashion and started um, designing some dresses just on the side. And um, that has kind of taken taken its own way. And um, most recently, I've been um, collaborating with um, Dillard's on a spring and summer um, fashion line um, that will be coming out this this spring. So it's, oh, it's cool. been it's been quite a ride. It's been exciting, but yeah, it's challenging, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and so maybe just like this is such a and I, I joke with people, you know, in my ward they'll they'll ask me the typical questions. Oh, what do you do for work? And I'm like, well, I'm a podcaster, and they think I'm joking. Like, oh, that's that's a pretend you know job, or it's like, no, that's, that's what I do. It's very 2022, but <laughs> that's really what I make a living at. And so some of these jobs, quote unquote, can, or careers can feel like almost, it's not really a thing, is it? Right. So maybe just walk us through, like, what are the typical things that you do as you're 
sort of managing this online platform, but also, you know, I guess you're developing products and earrings and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's exact. Isn't that so true? I know. In fact, sometimes I think even my kids are like, mom, you don't really work because you enjoy your work. Like they, they see it, they see <laughs> yeah. it. Like I, I love what I do. And I'm like, no, it's, it's a job. It's work. Yeah. And um, I would say it's partly spending time on um, marketing strategies. I mean, that is definitely part of it. Um, collaborating with brands and reaching out. So, so meetings, um, also designing and actually designing product and then working with manufacturers to um, have those come to fruition. And then, um, you know, you have the website uploading and, and selling, and then there's sending off the product. Um, there's also, so it's, it's really multifaceted, which is so much fun and so exciting. Um, my, my favorite part is actually the designing part, but then my favorite part of social media has been the connecting and the gathering of, of, of women and kind of mm. involving others in this um, passion and, and hopefully, um, and, and hopefully just um, in our own way, gathering and connecting through, through social media. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like this pressure, like, you sort of got to feed the beast every day. Right. And so you wake up and are y'all constantly thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about? Do I have to do like Instagram stories or, do, you know, what's my next vintage project I got to keep up with to show them something new. I mean, is there this consistent pressure of, of posting and feeding the beast? Um, yes, there is. Okay. Part, part of it though, just comes naturally. Like I naturally, when I go to sleep at night and that's really why I started this is because <laughs> you kind of do what you kind of, when you fall asleep at night, what do you think about? That was advice that had, I'd heard one time about pursuing something that you love. And I, so it's, it's, it's natural. I want to create. And so it's just, it's part of a part of me, but I also have found as it's become more of a business um, and it's um, I've, I've had to really focus on involving um, heavenly father in that process. So mm -hmm. every morning I wake up and the first thing is is praying. And part of that is praying about obviously my family and, and the things that matter most, but also kind of that cross between work and um, faith and, and just praying like, help me to help me to know how to create, what to create, if it's too much to create, um, kind of the balance of it. Um, I think I found that to be the most like important part of what I do because it allows the cross connect between faith, family, and work. Um, so yes, yes, it is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the reason I was, you know, drawn to this discussion is that social media, I think it's fair to say is definitely, uh, the audience is leans more female than male. Is that, especially on platforms like Instagram, is that safe to say? Yes, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I know just even with the leading saints platform on Instagram, it's like um, you know seventy five percent of the the people who engage with our content are are women. Even though I don't know, it's easy to assume leading saints is a more male focused brand because you're more likely to be a male and are you know and serve in a leadership role. But obviously, leading saints, anyways, that's a whole other story. But um, so it's definitely a a female centric experience and it's to the point where it's like uh you know it's becoming you know man i'm gonna tie myself in knots with this topic but uh, bear with me here but 
For sure. You know, women, it sort of becomes an escape for women. You know, social media, they've had a long day or young moms with the kids and doing this and that. They can escape to watching Jennifer, um, you know, do her vintage designing and it's engaging. This may be something that, that she wants to do in her home or whatnot. And, and so is it fair to say it is this like escape and is it uh, always a healthy escape? Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. It is an escape and it is um, a creative outlet. And I think that it can be a healthy escape and it can also not be. It's, it's, you, you have both. It can, mm-hmm. we can use it for, for our good and we can, there's always um, a negative with that as well. Um, in fact, I was reading, um, I was reading in the scriptures just recently in Ether 1226 and it talks about how God gave us weaknesses so that we can be made strong. And I, I kind of inserted instead of weakness, I kind of inserted technology because I'm always trying mm-hmm. to apply the scriptures in my daily life. And, and, um, he gave us technology that, that it can make us strong, but it also can be, can be a weakness. And yeah. it just depends on, I think it's just something that, like you said, we, we don't talk a lot about, um, but it is influencing those who are around us so much. Mm-hmm. And if we can, just, I think that it's important to kind of have these discussions so that we can all help each other to kind of learn healthy ways that will look differently for each of us on how we can ingest social media and then also how we can um, be mindful of, of what we're what we're posting and knowing that no one's going to do it perfectly or right, but just kind of being aware and having these kind of conversations, I think is super important because it's influencing so many people yeah. and it's influencing me as, yeah. much as, as much as I'm trying to influence a, a business, so to speak. So, right. Yeah. Is there anything else you would add to discussion as far as just the dynamic of social media in the context of relief society sisters? Um, anything come to mind? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I um, have had an opportunity to, to serve in Relief Society um, on a, a couple in a, di- a couple different um, capacities. And I definitely think it's it's huge. Com- Relief Society is a place where, where women just naturally compare. Right. So there's but, okay. but Relief Society is a place also where women want to go to feel safe and feel loved. We all have that common goal. I don't know about anyone that goes to Relief Society and walks in and wants to not feel accepted or not to feel love or not to feel a spirit. And so I think that recognizing that we also have so many different types of women in Relief Society. We have women who are using social media as a platform and posting. We have women who are ingesting social media. And we have women who don't think that social media, that there really is a place for it and that it should even be existing and is frustrated with what women are posting on it because it's sending a message that they feel like should they don't want to have sent, so to speak. So there's kind of this diverse, it's kind of diverse. And I think that the goal is that we can all hopefully understand that we all want the same thing and that we all want to feel acceptance from our Heavenly Father. And as we as we strive to use social media and evolve our Heavenly Father in our social media in both directions that and in our lives in general, that I think it will help us to feel more unified and less judgment hmm. and just more love and understanding for each other. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that the concept of judgment is really interesting. And, and to me, this is where 
lies the danger of of social media. And I don't know, the more I talk about this, think about this, I think I'm just turning into old man, hey, get off my lawn <laughs> type of person. But, um, but I guess the reason I say that is that um, I really made an intentional step away from social media because even if you have wholesome content, I mean, we all know there's yeah. garbage and all sorts of things that pop up in, in our feed or whatnot. I mean, yeah, sure. But setting that aside, like even this, even you're stepping into a realm where you, there may be wholesome content of the neighbor, um, you know, going on vacation. We see Jennifer's, you know, awesome vintage uh, design. We see necklaces. We see, um, you know, some cool videos, some funny memes, whatever. And our brain, which is naturally designed to make judgment on all these things, when they see the neighbor on the beaches of Maui, they think she's there. I'm not. Right. Absolutely. And even if it's sub- subconsciously and it's sort of like this, she's above me, I'm below her or vice versa. Right. That, oh, I'm above them. And, and again, not that we're making judgment in a, we're just doing what our brain naturally does. And so like, that's just the tricky thing about social media. And I see more and more people drawn to it. One, I mean, there's all the documentaries about the dopamine hits, the, uh, you know, the, the drug that it is sucking us in and then to constantly make these comparisons and it can quickly Uh, corrupt from the core. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you're saying, I mean, I think that this is actually also just a big problem in the church in general. I'm not, not a problem in the church, but judgment is a problem across Mm -hmm. the church, across all churches, right? We're to, to not judge. And then, Mm -hmm. but we're also to judge righteously. And I think how do we make those two coexist is, um, is, is the, is the question. And, yeah. um, and, and it's something you have to be intentional about, right? Like you can't just passively, you know, let these judgments take over. You have to, oh, I recognize the difference, the contrast here. Now, how do I define that? And how do I define me with it? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Someone yeah. actually told me the other day, they're like the first, you know, I was having a conversation with a good friend and they were talking about, you know, the, the top five people that are on your feed are, are actually the top five people that influence you in your life. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, I mean, that's, that's like a good reminder that how, as we can kind of constantly kind of go through our, our own feeds and, and look at kind of who we're following and not, not make, give people grace and not judge, but just kind of understand like, okay, like who do I want to be surrounding myself with and what kind of content do I want to be surrounding myself with? Because I think that it, it does, we do, it does influence us. Yeah. So I'm curious, you mentioned earlier, just the concept of, I forget exactly how you framed it, but, you know, just inviting God into, into that world. And obviously as a content producer, you know, you're wanting to produce good content be, you know, sort of seek guidance on, on that side as well. But how would you unpack that a little bit more? Like what, where's the applicable level for that? What does that look like in your life? Um, well, one of the one of the things that really helped me when I decided to start this business, um, because I felt a lot of the things you're talking about as far as oh judgments and judging and do I really want to do this? And I took the self-reliance class that the church offers on how to build a business. And it it really for me was kind of it was life-changing because it talked about for the first thing that we do when we decide to start a business is to ask ourselves why. Why are we starting this? This and then um, we take that to the Lord. We take our whys to the Lord, and then from there, every single day, as we have our list of action items that 
as we include our Heavenly Father in part of our business, as part of our business plan, so, so to speak, that he has, he has it figured out for us. He, know, he knows what we need. He knows what we need to become self-reliant. And my, you know, the reason why I've started a business is going to be different than a million other people's reasons. But the fact is that, is that he cares. He cares about every detail of our life. And he wants us to, to be successful and to do well in whatever we decide we want to do. And so for me, it is, it is the basis of, of starting a business and, and ha has really made all the difference and allowed me that confidence knowing that, okay, this is, I know, I know my why. I know my why. I understand my why. And I feel okay about that with God. And, but we also need to constantly like keep asking the why because it because our business has changed. I started out yeah. doing one thing and now I'm at some point I am doing something completely different. And I think it's important to constantly ask ourselves the why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. No, I love that, that framing and, and on both sides, not only running a business, but you know, going to social media or other platforms, you know, why are we doing this? Is it sort of, are we numbing out? Is there, or is there a deeper purpose of what you're learning and whatnot? Cause it can be such a easy place to just get lost mentally and, and unplug, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Anything else, you know, your outline here, the, the points that you say, anything else in those first couple that we haven't uh, touched on you want to make sure we cover before we move on? Um, no, you know, I just think, I just think there's so much good in social media too. I mean, we focus so yeah. much on the negative of social media yeah. and I just know personally in my own life and um, I've seen it in the lives of friends, there's, there's so much good that can also come from it. And I think there's kind of this fear around it because we also all know someone who started out on a, on a social media platform and has left the church. I yeah. think we all have, have seen that and, and watched that. And that's difficult to watch and it kind of creates some fear around it. But, but also remembering that like we are, we are given a gift to live at this day and at this time. And part of that gift is, is social media. And it is the actually biggest platform that can be used to reach the most amount of people as a stay-at-home mom or as mm -hmm. a mom or as anyone for that matter, the missionaries are using it. And so I think kind of just focusing on like the positives of it and just learning the tools to eat. So each of us learning tools, like I don't have the answers at all, <laughs> but just, I just noticed that as I strive to, to, bring Heavenly Father into the tools to learn how to use it better, that it, that I find more peace in it. And, and I think that's what we're all striving for is peace and love. And yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. Any guidance on, um, maybe how somebody could better do that? Like, you know, maybe there's somebody on social media and they're just sort of, you know, they, they just follow whomever and they're just, it's a very passive experience. Any, any ways you would suggest someone be more intentional as they approach social media? Um, well, I definitely, I think like asking ourselves again, like the reason why, what are, what are you on for? Are you on to be for educational? Like for me, I, I, it's actually part of my job to go on there and you're inspired visually for creating mm. content. And so, you know, recognizing, okay, why, why else am I on there? Um, is it to learn? Is it to just be, have entertainment, which is not a bad reason as well. But then if it is just being used for entertainment, like how much are we using it for entertainment or kind of to ask those questions. I also think 
Like I have found in my life the same principles that I've used in um, just my business in general or in receiving personal revelation. But as I use those same principles with my social media, that it's really, it's really helped me. Um, so like one of my favorite scriptures is in um, Doctrine and Covenants. Um, I think it's section eight where it talks about receiving revelation and mm-hmm you know, you hear, feel it in your heart and in your mind. And, and part of that is observing. So observing like how and what and who we view makes us feel. Um, and I always think accountability, writing down our thoughts. I think journaling those thoughts every day. Um, something else that has really helped me is outreaching, like using social media to outreach. Or if we're deciding to have a social media fast, then Utilize that time to have that social media fast and maybe send a text to a friend, but somehow utilize show social media in a positive way every day. Um, and then again, I think every night to just kind of record in our hearts, like at the end of the day, like how we, how we feel to, and, and kind of go to our Heavenly Father with, with that. And, um, especially I think when we are using it as when we are, when we do, we are um, using as business platforms or platforms in general, just to kind of, so that we can just, again, have our Heavenly Father in, in part of the process. It, I think it helps us to not judge and to judge righteously when we allow him into the equation more. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Um all right. Should we move on to the, these four points to help with social media? Maybe, I guess you hit some of those, um, yeah. a, a little bit, but, uh, so you talk about observe, write down your thoughts and impressions, um, out, outreach. Uh, did you hit on that one? Um, yeah, I think outreach, like I said, I mean, outreach can be just simply like a heart, like liking someone's post or oh, yeah. like engaging with or it. Yeah. engaging, engaging in, with someone. I think that's always a positive connection. That we can just a simple thing that we can do, or even just sending a text to a friend if we're not deciding to not use social media for the for the time. Um, yeah. Which I actually advocate not using social media for periods of time too. Um, we we know from the prophet that that's that's good. We should be doing that, taking yeah. time to not. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, any advice you'd give to like just in the context of relief society because you. you Let's see, you were just released as Relief Society president. Am I remembering that right? Um, I was released a couple years ago. I was in there. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the Young Women's right now. And, and oh, cool. love that. So, yeah. Nice. Anything like, uh, and, and maybe even, I guess we can, let's group it all together. I mean, uh, Relief Society, Young Women's, like just the, I mean, in general, we sort of approach those as traditionally we always have. And we sort of pretend social media is not there. And yeah, people are on their phones, you know, hopefully in the scripture and in the, in the conference <laughs> talk or whatever. Um, but any any advice you give as far as like how a Relief Society could leverage it or, you know, use it to, in order to build community amongst that that uh, physical community? Yeah. You know, I think there's there's so many ways that we can do that. And we're seeing the examples of our church leaders doing that, whether it's like sharing, you know, messages of, of content. Um, definitely, it, it, it's a way to communicate with others. Um, and... And then also, again, just kind of not having this elephant in the room about it. Like, it's so mm-hmm. interesting because even like doing what I'm doing, it's like sometimes I, even people are like afraid to act like, what do you actually do? Like, do you just sit and take pictures of yourself or <laughs> other things? Or, you know, and you're just like, this is awkward. No, that's that's not actually what I do. So let's yeah. like talk about it more and and um, and understand that 
we, you know, we, again, we, all of us that are sitting in that room, whether it be Relief Society or Young Women, we, we want to, we want to feel accepted. And, and um, part of being accepted is asking questions about it and, and not just assuming, assuming things like, oh, she's, I mean, how many of us have assumed things like, oh, she's clearly getting paid a lot of money. So she stopped, she started wearing different things or, you know, like, let's stop the elephant in the room and, and talk about it. And, yeah. and also not, not, not judge, but judge righteously. Like, I think we can do all of those things. Actually, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that, that approach because many times individuals will be more willing to engage in a topic online or on social media than in the confines of a of relief society room or an elders quorum room, right? Where we feel like, oh, I can't say that here, but I go online and Absolutely. and even with, with leading saints, I guess it creates that dynamic of like people find these conversations refreshing. And I'm like, man, I wish we could have just more of these open conversations in the context of, of a quorum or, or a relief society room, you know? And, yeah. and so just saying, let's just talk about it. Like yeah. I saw this post this week. What does that mean to you sisters? Right? Yeah. What does that mean? What, I mean, what do you do? I, I actually even had, I literally had someone tell my, my child inside and say, hey, do you just take pictures of your mom? Like, I mean, it's kind of like, so it's like, just let's, let's talk about these things. Like, what yeah. what do I do? What do we do? What is, what does that even mean? Of course, none of us like the term social influencer, but I also have a lot of young women be like, okay, how do I do what you do? Like, how do I make money and stay at home and do what you do? So it's kind of the, let's not talk about it, but like people are also curious about it. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I just think we need to have all of us more, the more transparent we are, the less judgment and connection we can feel with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and we're trying to set that example here, Jennifer. You are. We're having the conversation, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, people can can continue it in the in the circles that they hang out in at, at church. So this is good. Um, anything else, uh, man? I don't know. This is more again, just my old man get off my lawn perspective. But no, ask it. There, there's, and, and the, I guess the point is, I'm it's more of a soapbox than a uh, than a question. But it, I'm curious to get your your perspective. Just this concept of of community. And I think community and connection like that is that there's few things more at the core of who we are as, as, as a species, but as an eternal like being is that connection and relationship and to see how, and you know, let's just blame it on Satan. Cause that's, he, he deserves it. Uh, but the, just this feeling of like this false sense of community, like, Oh, I'm in this tribe of, people online that believe this thing and I can go and learn from the influencers and have these discussions and I'm in the comments or I'm yeah. And at the end of the day, it almost feels like logically or, or uh, cognitively, it feels like oh, I'm connecting with this tribe, this group, but at the end of the day, it's not there. Like it's empty. Yeah. It's gone. Right. And, yeah. uh, and where we have such an opportunity in our local quorums and relief societies to have real community where it's like we meet yeah. every other week. And like you said, let's talk about these things rather than, you know, defaulting to this great quote in the conference talk, which again is important. We'll get to the conference talk. We'll do all those things, but to yeah. really create a model and, and provide community for our local communities. Uh, yeah. It can be powerful. Right. And what thoughts come to mind? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, there's no replacement for interpersonal connections. There's just not. And this should not replace community. Like it's not one or the other. I think it's just an opportunity to, to, to have it, have another community, so to speak. And, and again, I think that, um, we can look at the negatives and we can look at the positives from it. But I think that as we put first things first in our own lives, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like my job does not matter. Like social mm-hmm. media does not matter. My, I don't want it to matter. Yeah. Actually, I don't like the things that matter most to me are God and my family and my relationship and with, with those, with those around me and, and my relationship with my heavenly father and um, my husband. And so I think when we focus first on kind of almost, we can't, we can't take social media too seriously either. Like we, yeah. really, we can't take, we can't take it too seriously. We can't take ourselves too seriously. Like I, no, like really, my life is a joke. Like if you walk in my room, my house right now, I wish you could all see. It's a disaster. Like <laughs> it is actually social media is is not real. And I think recognizing that it's not real is so important. But also recognizing that that it is real. Like that we do also have an influence on there as with, even if you have 15 people that are following you or that you follow that it's, it's kind of that combination of it, um, not taking it seriously, but, but also realizing that like what you say, actually people do sometimes listen to, or they Mm -hmm. notice like the nonverbal communications that are sent out there are so strongly taken in. And Mm -hmm. so it's, yes, that's, uh, so going back to community, there's no question it should ever replace community. I think it's just more like an added, like an added community. And I know like leading saints feels the same way. I'm sure where it's just like like added um, place to connect with, with others and to kind of be a special agent, so to speak. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I hope like, and we sort of joke at the beginning, like we're friends, you know, because you listen to me, but, um, (laughs) and we are friends now because we actually talked now, Jennifer. (laughs) Um, But yeah. so I, I guess my hope with leading saints is that it stimulates further community. Like one thing I feel like leading saints does, and I'm sure your platform does this in, in some realm is that it helps people know that you're not alone in the perspectives you have. Like we may have a certain discussion like social media or running a meeting or how to talk about marginalized groups at church. And it's like, Oh, like I'm not the only one who sees this as an issue or believes a certain way. And so I hope that maybe you're, you're more uh, likely to raise your hand in a, in a group setting at church and discuss it. Right. Um, it's one thing to listen to me or to other, and my guests and whatnot, but it's a whole nother thing to take this into a realm. And again, not to promote leading saints though. I don't mind it when it comes up in a, a word conference mm-hmm. or word council every now and then, but, um, but just to say like, Hey, I heard this, I heard this discussion online. I'm curious what you go, you all think of it or where are we yeah. at with this, with this concept. Right. And hopefully then it sort of propels us like this online community propels us into real life community. Absolutely. And, and going back to how I honestly feel like you're a friend, I think, I think that that's one of your, your gifts though, is I think that it brings people in, like we feel comfortable with talking about difficult things with you because yep. because of, of who you are. And so I think that that is a gift. And and so why hide that gift? Like, I'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast because yeah. you have that ability to help others feel like a safe place to voice. And, you know, that's one of the things that we need the most, I think, in 2022 is 
a, a safe place for people to voice um, different, differing opinions yeah. without feeling yeah. judged. Yeah, I love that. And I guess it goes back to um, just that, you know, leading saints, it sort of becomes a model of this is what a healthy conversation about this really to diff difficult topic looks like. Now go have your own and, and use the same thing like, hey, you got the, you got grandma's old couch. Let me show you how you're, you're modeling how to how to make something beautifully vintage. Right. And uh, and so hopefully then people put down the phone and go, you know, start working on grandma's old couch or whatever. I, right. I probably completely misrepresented no. your, your industry. No, absolutely. I love Grandma's old couch. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, and, and again, like you said, like the elephant in the room or just like talk about it. Like, um, I think it'd be, you could learn, you learn, like you said, you learn so much about somebody of who they're following online. And so to create a safe spot in whether it's Relief Society or having an activity around Relief Society where it's like, hey, we're going to share like who you follow online, right? And you may find somebody else in the war that really loves vintage furniture. And they're like, Oh my goodness. We're like, we're like sisters, you know, like <laughs> we should hang out. Right. And, um, rather than I think I, I do feel like, and you see this in politics a lot, like we show up to church and we're like, just smiley and we're like, yeah, we're, we're unified. Right. Like we're wonderful right. people. Then we go home and on Facebook, we're like, I hate this politician. And then the <laughs> person you sat next to at church is like, I hate you for hating that politician. You know, it's like, anyways, so to sort of bridge that gap where it's like, let's, again, not to, you know, stimulate arguments or uh, disagreement, but just to say like how we may learn more about each other by just understanding how you engage in the social media world. So anyways. Yeah, no, absolutely. Asking the questions. I mean, I know personally people who have just really been offended by leadership. We all know someone, we all know people who have been <laughs> yeah. super offended and on this topic, I mean, and so... I think that that we can we can do it better by by just simply asking questions and, and kind of understanding that we none of us have the answers. I don't I don't have the answers at all. Yeah. But like allowing the gap, allowing the atonement, and allowing the Savior in to answer those questions for us, and to kind of bridge. It's the same thing if, when you have a child that you don't see the, the same viewpoint that they see. And, and, and it's like, you love that child so much, but you have to ask the questions and, and bring the savior in to, to understand, to understand where they're coming from. And I think it's should, should hopefully be the same thing in Relief society or in young woman where yeah. we can ask the questions, not ready to attack, but ready right. to just genuinely like want to understand. Um, yeah. Like, really helpful. Um, Anything else, any other, as far as social media and online platforms, I think any other principles do cover all, all of it, you think? Um, yeah, no, I think we covered, I mean, those are just, uh, there's just, there's so much to, to talk yeah. about. I We're starting the conversation here, right? <laughs> Hopefully people carry it on, right? So well, yeah. uh, before we wrap up, Jennifer, just give me some of your, maybe whether it's in Young Women's or Relief Society, some of your like hard and fast, like principles of how you found success there or, or maybe some struggles you're having in the moment, anything come to mind? Um, I think that, um, that's kind of the struggles or that we all have again in, in um, right now is just feeling that we, there's a place at the table for everyone and, mm -hmm. and helping others feel that way and constantly trying to reevaluate like my own life personally to, to see how I can, how I can do better to help it look 
to help people know that there's there's room at the, at the table for everyone and and um recognizing that again also this concept of recognizing that no one's going to do it perfectly and i think as women we have a lot of women share this perfectionist viewpoint where they want or expect to do things they want to do things just right and realizing that that is actually not existent because again the savior makes up the difference and i feel like i've, I've had to learn that in my own life kind of the hard way at times where i grew up kind of thinking that a certain way was a certain way and that's how certain it looked utah lds culture and moving away to um, Pennsylvania really helped me to to see that um, what I what I thought all of those notions of of being a perfect LDA, LDS woman was actually didn't exist. Like as far as it almost was looked down upon. Like why are you why are you wearing like makeup to church or why are you like <laughs> do like why are you saying hi to me and like giving me a hug like don't touch me you know like things that I kind of thought were more normal in my realm were culturally a little bit different in, in certain places where, where I lived. And, and I loved where I lived and I learned so much about the concept that it's not about looking or being or acting or saying just the right thing or anything. It's about our relationship with our heavenly father and, and who we are and, loving others and seeing others as, as Heavenly Father sees them and, and loving ourselves as our Heavenly sees Heavenly Father sees us and kind of loving our quirkiness and our imperfections and our messy closets and our, you know, unorganized parts of our life and <laughs> yeah. focusing on, you know, those things that are, are more of our strengths, but finding beauty in our weaknesses. Um, again, I, t I talk about that scripture Ether 12, 26. I mean, Heavenly Father gave us weaknesses so that we could be made strong and, and that all of these gifts that we have been given with technology as well um, are also weaknesses. And, but how can we, how can we give those to our Heavenly Father and, and help him bridge that gap so that we can, at the end of the day, realize what's most important and and um, that is our relationship with our savior. So, yeah, love it. Well, Jennifer, uh, let's make sure people know where to find you and your awesome platform and whatnot. Where would you send them if they want to learn more about you and the, the good stuff you put online? Oh, okay. Well, my, my Instagram handle is um, Jen Um So that, that might, that might be a place, but um, good Jennifer, starting spot. Sunco, yeah. So it's, it's been such a pleasure to, to connect with you, to meet, to meet you and oh, have good. this conversation with you. Yeah. And I absolutely am such an advocate for everything that you are doing and the way that you are leading and for giving me as, as a woman in 2022, a safe place to have some of these conversations with. So. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll keep at it here. So, uh, Jennifer, the last question I have for you is as you reflect on the many leadership opportunities and roles that you've, uh, you've, uh, had, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Oh, because it is the most humbling thing in the world is to be asked to lead. And that brings us to our knees hourly and how we can utilize um, the atonement in our lives and the grace of God. And I'm a big um, advocate and believer of that grace. And um, that's how 
that's how changes happen and and it, it always changes those that leads lives more than anyone that they that they lead so my life has been changed the most of any opportunity i've been given to help lead and that concludes this how i lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email on social media in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders just hearing what the other guys doing trying some things out testing adjusting for your area. And uh, that's that's where great leaderships discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them. And... Uh, See if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember, we'd love to have you at our next in-person retreat. Go check out the different options and locations where we're having these at leadingsaints.org slash gathering. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.